everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Guess who called this from day one? I believe we actually even put up a GoFundMe. It received a little bit of money, but, um... You can thank us later uh, on our Twitter and or other devices. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather is a go. We kind of already knew it. We've been predicting it from the start. Um, I don't think you were always on. I think you were I was more hesitant. a lot of it. I was more like, hesitant. I was more hesitant, but I feel like there was shows that we... Because when we did the GoFundMe, um, there was enough money at that point. Enough people had, Dana White had come out and already yeah. said, so I was like, no, the people that need to be saying something are. So initially, initially, I more than likely wasn't, but um, it's been a while now and that then, I've been on board. Yeah, well, I remember when the last time, because I wasn't all, I was in the beginning, thought it was going to happen. Uh -huh. And then I thought it was just like, this is just a way to money talk. their name. No, uh -huh. it's just the name. That yeah, promotion. Prom yeah, just all marketing. But... Here it is. Right? So now we have two months, August 26th. Um, it's all anybody can talk about. It's the fight to remember. This is the biggest boxing event that's come about in decades. I mean, there's people that... Is it fair to say sporting event in decades? I would agree. I mean, I don't know because I'm so attached Maybe to the FIFA community. Maybe World Cup type thing, but I think it'll have that kind of viewership. I, it, well, it's transcending from what I'm starting to see. It's transcending more than just sports. Like, this is popular culture because significant others of ours are just as excited as we would be for a pay-per-view. That's how they're treating this, and we're like, oh, what do you know about either one of them? One's a boxer, one's an MMA fighter. Okay, awesome. Like, we can start there, but uh, the type of people that are now talking about this as in regular people not hardcores like us sports fans um more just somebody at the laundromat is just like hey did you know about that one fight it's gonna happen it's uh pretty amazing it is a once in a lifetime event there is all sorts of money to be made on this and more and more people the whole there was a bunch of commissioners on Ariel's show today talking about hey we we got this we got this nobody's batting a buy nobody is uh meeting it with any resistance why because the money they're talking about is so big everyone's like okay let's just let's just do it because we all want to get paid everybody wants well, to get paid good for the town it's in if vegas it is vegas gonna fight it so la can turn around and say we'll take it or new york turns around and says we'll take it no vegas wants all the commerce to go around yep. it the restaurants the hotels the gambling that people drop oh, yeah. there that's gonna be one of the biggest gambling days of the year i mean Oh, I'm going to have some money on Conor oh. McGregor. Ooh. I'm going to have some money down. I, it can go either way. I can see money putting down on both sides just to kind of cover your bets. I don't think you can put money down on Floyd. I think there's no money to be made on Floyd. I would Not say because that I don't an... think it's like an e almost an easy bet putting Floyd decision. Right, that's right, That's almost right. like an easy or Floyd. Floyd there's no value win. in Floyd. There's no money. There's no value. You can't really get anything. Um. But there is money to be Ooh. made on Conor. It is interesting. I, There's avenues. I'm gonna. I, we've we've talked about this already off air, and we tried not to, but it was it's just on the tip of everyone's tongue. Um, I'm gonna put money down a dollar, two dollars, three dollars in round one, two, three, and four for Connor to knock him out. Cause you, the odds are so crazy. They're crazy right now. 
I think it's like 1,200 to 1 for a finish for Connor. Um, what I'm interested to see is kind of the prop bets that are going to be like, oh, what's Mayweather going to come out in gold, red, blue, or white shorts? Like, there's going to be all sorts of other money line and prop bets that are going to be happening. Uh, it just makes it fun. It makes it gambling. But the undercard, that's what I want to know. Are they going to make this just boxers or are they going to put an MMA or guy two in there against another boxer underneath it? Um, Connor's already said that he is coming back to MMA because a lot of people have been saying, oh, he's not going to come back for the type of money he's going to make. But even his own coaches, his boxing coach, and everyone has already said, like, no, he's coming back to MMA. He's just going to make a shit ton of money real quick. <laughs> Look at that. As I'm trying to pull up the odds, most bettors are actually putting their money on Conor McGregor to beat Floyd Mayweather. Is that, and that's a BJPenn.com for the win at USA Sports. Whoa. That's a big... That's a big publisher there. ESPN's David Purdom, the Westgate, a casino in Vegas, <coughs> reports that 90% of the bets um, has that are taken are on McGregor. The odds makers have responded by raising his odds from 11 to 1 up to 6 to 1, and even up to 15 to 4 on the last one betting site. God dang, that's a lot of movement. Huge. That's a lot of movement. And I'm in the vein that it's Mayweather. I, I mean, it's I I'm going to... Stick with the, you got a master at one sport going in against the guy that's good, but you, you, you're you working against the machine that has been trained to be the best at this sport. And he has been. He is a bit older and doesn't have as much punch, but he was never going to knock Connor out. He was That, that was never in anybody's mind that Floyd Mayweather is going to finish Connor. I can see an accumulation a of a finish of for body shots a lot of for Connor. Think, no, a or lot no, of for Mayweather. Floyd will finish Connor. I think I could see the finish coming from body shots. I just feel like Connor could be open to the body. Diaz got so him tight. to the body. Once he's tight right here, mm -hmm. I, I think Connor is, he's not soft anywhere. So, and there's way, you know, the ways you flex to, to yeah. take a body shot. I. I don't know. Diaz, Diaz showed that he can hurt him to the body, and that Diaz says that that's where it started. That's where the decline in the first fight was. It was the body shots that eventually opened up that submission because the panic shot and... I don't think it was the body shots that hurt Connor as much as took his breath away, and he was not prepared to I think go that's hurting him against... But that he that fight was on such short notice. It was such a different. He He was totally prepared for a whole different fight that time. It was such a different monster even the weight but he's such a fighter's fighter i think even taking the fight the second time again at 170 it's like he wanted to prove to himself that he could win that task arguably some people say the decision but yeah i think going against the 170 pound guy that walks around at 190 for five rounds is a harder task in mma is a harder task than going against a guy who walks around regularly at 150 in boxing. I could see that. I could see that. There's so many different avenues. Like, this is gonna be a, like, Ali Frazier type of thing. It is a bit more side showy because it's kind of cross-promotion with one sport bleeding into another. But I think this is gonna be an event 
of that stature. And this is going to be one of those things that you're going to remember when you saw Floyd and Connor fight. I think Triple G and Canelo yeah. should be the co-main event of this fight. Ooh, that would be amazing, but the it's boxers wouldn't them. like that. I it's don't think they would for like them. that. I think as Canelo and Triple G, you get, you're going to get more eyeballs on yourselves mm -hmm. so for people to realize, whoa. And, yeah, and it kind of makes, it'll make the Floyd Mayweather Connor fight probably look bland. So it'll be, I think it will would be a solid main event. They'll get twice the amount of views, event, yeah. maybe three times the amount of views yeah. as their pay-per-view is going to pull on its own. And just to have maybe new fans. But do you think Floyd and Connor would want to share that money? Because you got to pay those guys because it'd be for a belt too that they're I don't think for. they need to share money with anyone, honestly. I, that's what I'm saying. But then they, they wouldn't want to. I think card. that's where... They don't even need to share money what? with anyone. That's why I'm just saying they do motherfucking uh, Coachella. They do a rock fest and then they box. <laughs> like it is just or a like, bunch of bands and then they fight. Boom, we good. We don't need no fucking undercard. They don't have to pay out bands exactly. probably more than they'd have to pay out a couple of fighters. Yeah, good point. Good point. Especially under UFC payments. <laughs> so, interesting thing that was just revealed as of breaking here on this Bow and the Bean. Uh, Connor is actually a free agent from Reebok in this deal. So Reebok doesn't have any ties to him. So he can go out and have a $3 million contract with fucking Nike, Gatorade, or all of them. But Connor is... I, we talked about it, I think, on the last podcast that I noticed on his fights. He was already sponsored by Reebok before Reebok bought the UFC. So well, he probably still have Reebok, but he doesn't need to have Reebok solely. He can have other sponsors. Right. So he can make himself. so much more money so because much. I think he, he pits them against the each other. Boy at some point. Mm, I don't remember all of his prior to. He was out of Cage Warriors out of Europe and He could have the Mac Life in green shorts. You yeah, know? his own. All his stuff. What do you think? What color is Connor gonna be wearing? Green? I think it's gonna be black and gold. I'm thinking green. I think he's yeah. going to wear green. We'll see. He, I think they made the green shorts. Yeah, I remember those, the green with the gold. No, but just for him, Reebok made oh, green uh -huh, shorts. Uh -huh. um, I think the Irish flag will be interesting. That'll be everywhere. He'll walk out to his same song. Oh, yeah. Um, because tickets are so expensive and it's they have so many deals I've been reading about with the T-Mobile Center and a lot of... Or is it the MGM Grand or the T-Mobile Center that they're having it at? I don't know why. I, MGM. I, MGM. It is MGM. Right? I believe it's MGM I, because I Floyd is renting out the MGM the night after for his after party. Oh, He's shit. already rented the end the fucking. Um, but I <coughs> think that there's so many people involved on a first come first serve basis for these tickets. It'll be interesting to see how Connor's fans get into this arena. Because, you know, we always see anytime he fights, we're like, how do these MFers keep affording to come all the way to America, to Vegas, and then always pay for the fights that it, when he fights, it is it, you might as well be in Ireland. I totally agree, and I love that factor for Connor. I think that that benefits him, even though Floyd is used to um, getting booed. It's kind of, he's always been kind of a... Bad guy in the sport. Ole, 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 ole. I think Floyd went. Did he? Who did he knock out? Was it the? Who was the Irish guy that was a bit of a cheap job? Mickey? No, not Mickey Ward. Uh, Ricky Hatton. He was in Europe, and they were booing the Ameri the national anthem, as Floyd came out. That was a little unsportsmanlike, but it was done. Um. Somebody who also doesn't give a shit about getting booed at all during their fight, Holly Holmes. 
She sure doesn't. God damn. I mean, we did get I into would have a game plan. I told you, and I, you guys, I am a <laughs> novice. If you listen to this show, you're hearing me learn every day about fights. I know Holly Holmes' game plan. I could coach somebody to beat Holly Holmes if their body already was... In that first round of that main event, there was nine punches or kicks thrown. Six by Holly Holm, three by Betch, not one fucking landed. It was the epitome of just both of them pawing each other out there. The ref at one point in time stopped them both and said, All right, I know about game plans. You guys got to fight. And they both shook their heads. And then finally, the... The move of the fight was Betch waving Holly home into a kick and Holly throwing the kick and finishing her. I, poor Betch, I think that she's, she's fucking, um, had a meteoric rise without really fighting good people. And now she's fighting people that are really up at that caliber and she may not be. Was it just me or did she put her hand up to tell the ref, okay, I'm done, she broke my nose. And then Holly hits her with an uppercut. I felt, at first I was like, whoa, maybe that was called early because her hand was up. She took her mouthpiece out, but when I saw it from the other angle, she wanted that fight She over. was saying she was tap. Saying, she was saying, Stop her! Yeah, she's all tap, tap. She was verbally <laughs> tapping and Holly was like, oh, here you go, uppercut. Um... But Holly, after in the post-fight, was saying that she specifically knew that she was more than likely going to get booze, which this has happened to her before. And as much as people say she's a knockout artist, Holly has knocked out a few women and gone to many, many more decisions um, in her career. And it's because of that lack of pressure or the lack of engaging. Um, I think she's incredibly predictable, Holly Holmes. And if you know how to tell... You can fucking see the punches and kicks coming, and other women are going to start to exploit that eventually. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting they there are now. Her. Yeah. True, I true. Mean, this is her first win in four. True, true. Speaking of one of Holly Holmes' losses, there was just another champion in the UFC recently stripped of their belt. As of today, Jiraine Derandami, the soft lady who refused to fight Cyborg for the belt, was stripped of her belt today, and that fight is given to Christiana Cyborg versus Megan Anderson. That is official. Good riddance. Good riddance, soft lady. Yeah, I think it was completely inappropriate. She shouldn't have that belt to begin with. As yeah. a fan, and I like the romantic side of the story that's involved in all these, I would have liked it for that to have been Holly's belt, but no more should Holly have had that belt than GDR. The only difference between Holly and GDR, if Holly would have won that belt, she would have taken the Chris Cyborg fight. And that is the other thing we will see. I believe Holly Holmes will fight the winner of that fight. Oh, I agree. And Holly's made no bones she's about it. She's a big star with no power in the UFC because of her loss record. Yeah. But I do think she's a big draw just because of the Ronda Rousey head kick. It's like her claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And people want to see that head kick. It'll yes. be like the same way certain of the heavyweight fighters have their knockout that people want to see. They want to see, you know, uh, Stipe or whatever come in and knock this guy out. Or they want to see Alistair come in and kick the guy, whatever. Holly, they want to see that kick. And yeah. so, I mean, we, I think we even, we might have even talked about it, even though we didn't break down the fight, we broke down a couple of the fights coming in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we said, 
this is a gimme to Holly. They're giving her somebody who moves forward and is super aggressive because she's Callie's a counter striker. And Betch was like, oh, I know what they want to do with me. So she stood back the whole time Smart. and waited to the third fucking and round. And she just got, I She know. put her hands down and was like, oh, c kick me in the face. And Holly was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll kick you right in the face. <laughs> Holly, man. So a quick night recap on the night. Um... There was only two underdogs on that came through. <laughs> on yeah. the early morning. Oh, on the early morning, yeah. It started at 4.30 in the morning. I was here. awake for the beginning card, just still from my night at work before. I wow. ain't walking the streets. I ain't walking the streets. <laughs> but um, I could not make it. I was like, I have to sleep. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a long day. I had to try to take a nap in the middle of the day, and that didn't work out. So we actually have this coming up weekend on Sunday card. So they're throwing us a little bit of different stuff. It's like a Sunday day card. Weird fights. I'm disappointed we didn't do a breakdown um, because I think a lot of the fights, there was just some fighters that I would have liked to hear your side of it because I didn't know them well enough and hear how we break it down on air. Yeah, talk our I way really, through it. There was so much, but there's still some fights I would have gotten wrong just yeah. because I changed at the last minute. Like, I really... I liked Safadine in that fight. I yeah. would have picked him anyway. I know it was weird, and no, I changed he had him a real the last shot. minute, but I just he had a real was shot. unsure of the weight. Yep. And I think the one thing I like about him that I would have said is that I realized, and i never been a fan, but he's going to be one of those guys I probably always pull for, yep. even if they're up against weird guys. I think he doesn't seem flashy, and he doesn't seem fun to watch, but what he does is make amazing guys look average. And no I one gives him that. credit for that because it's not, that. Uh, you know, there's nothing that you think of that yeah, you're like, he, oh, Safadine, oh, yep. he has the bomb-ass blank. You don't think of anything. Right, but right, he right. he just makes other people shine less He's bright. A jack-of-all-trades, master of none, mm -hmm. as a term a lot of people will use. Um, you know, that's not the original term. Oh, really? I didn't know The that. original is jack-of-all-trades, master of one. Ooh. Because that's how you should yeah. try to be in your life. Oh, that's, makes it's sense. It's a good goal. You should be a jack of all trades, but you should always try to master something in your lifetime. One thing, master it. That's so. a good saying. So the master of none, that's a weakening so, thing for us. I just found yeah. that out in the last few weeks. Like uh, I read it somewhere and I was like, huh. Interesting. What I would have said on that card as well, and I know that hindsight's twenty twenty, is the Scoggins fight. And you, if I could get Evil Twin on here, I would. And he will say, you're 100% right, good twin, that Sakai, his only shot would have been on the ground, and we know Scoggins, MMA I IQ. I had Sakai all week, and I let the fucking odds talk me into Scoggins. It, it, it's, it's Scoggins' IQ, and it's always been his IQ, because every fight that he lost was because he was winning the rounds decisively. It's emotional. Well, he stays on the ground because he wants to prove that he's good on the ground, but he's it's his weakest point. If he just stays standing up, he'll just knock the guys out because he has that type of movement. And I was literally texting Evil Twin saying, uh, damn, Scoggins needs to stand up in that third round. There's no reason for him to stay on the ground. Who cares? Don't give Sakai that option. Sure enough, Sakai gets right around, gets into the yeah. back, and it looked like... Um, who was it? Scoggins was just bewildered. He just let that rear naked choke just sink right in. And Sakai was close to being finished the first and second round. Badly. Badly, badly, badly. I also really liked Russell Doan. Um, those were the only... I went 10 for 12 out of the night, so I had a really good night. Nice. And I would have made a case on our show for Doan. Um... Who else? And I probably would have gone with Doan, honestly. Yeah. There was a couple of them that I was beat, so didn't care. He only care. lost to Beasts. 
there was I, th there was a couple of them that I so didn't care, and there was a couple of them I went back and forth with all week. And because we didn't do a cast, I let other people, other sites I listened to, talk me into you. shit I wouldn't have normally uh -huh. let them talk me into. Like I don't know, it was just a. I think Safadine was a really good I think underdog I went seven play. Seven out of twelve on my cast for the night, which. Above 50. But uh, above, uh, that's the other thing too. My percentages are better than every professional I follow. But I'm not considered a professional. But my percentages of yep. picks for the fights, and I ha I pick all the undercards too, which a lot of them don't pick. They just pick the main event, main cards and yep. stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Which the undercards are harder to pick, I, I agree. think, because you never know what's going to happen, who's making a name that night. So I feel like I have, I'm over 60%. Yeah. So I feel like. That's above a professional sports fan by far. I need to stop to other people. I need to just stick with so How would we be able to see your tap? What's your name under tap? How would we subscribe to you? Can't we follow? On my tapology. Right. I am weak neck baby. Okay. You can follow me at Zoltan. That's Z-U-L-L-T-A-N. And that's where I've been tracking my record for... It's quite a while, but you can see our stats um, on Tapology. They have really good resources. We recommend that you guys go on there because it's a good resource. And if you do go on there, do not just like right now. I have like certain favorite fighters picked, or who I think's the best pound for pound in certain weight classes. Yep. Those are such naive. That was when I first started watching fights. The amount my uh -huh. thoughts of MMA have changed. Yep. And don't judge those. But my <laughs> record stands. Yeah, because it'll tell you percentages like of how you've made decisions and what you pick, whether it's finishes or not. Um, but it's a really good resource. You can you really can find hear us a, talk a shit about shit. certain fighters and then look and say, Cheney, you always get this wrong when this guy fights. Yeah, you because know, you, you can, can look see at certain the statistics. Fighters and our voting records. Totally, totally. So weak neck baby. Weak neck baby on tapology. Weak W E A K. <laughs> so your, and I don't want to hold your weak neck baby. When that baby's neck gets strong, maybe. So, speaking of weak neck babies, unfortunately, somebody with a weak right, right neck right now is living legend Matt Hughes. Our thoughts and prayers go out with his family. Hopefully, he has not woken up yet. He was in a wreck with a train. My thoughts and energy go and, out. I don't pray, but whatever you do, good energy, good call. So. Um, he was hit by a train somewhere out where farming and he has not woken up yet. His family has said that he's still not conscious, but he is stable. So that's good. Um, also a, a recent passing of a somewhat of a legend, a old time fighter, uh, Tim Hughes was knocked out viciously in a boxing match as well over the weekend. And he would actually went into ICU out? and root passed mm -hmm. as of yesterday, uh, Rest in peace. Good luck to all of yours and family. Yeah, sorry, I Tim really Hughes, that Matt sucks. Hughes, man. It's sorry about the death in the ring, but I really hope Matt Hughes gets back comes together. Back to us. Yeah, I agree. He was just talking about coming out of retirement and fighting in that Legends League too. I liked him. He was. I got to see the very end of his career uh -huh. when I started watching, and I. He was one of the first big ones. Identical twin wrestler. I mean, I remember. Back in the day, being a big, big, big fan in any hardcore, I'll tell you, Matt Hughes is a staple. He's a trendsetter in the sport. He started a lot of, like, he was one of the guys that never had a jujitsu black belt with finishing black belts. And people are like, you're a black belt. He's like, no, I wrestle. I just know how to submit you. Like, I, he never believed in belts and all that belt and stuff. So it was George St. Pierre. That's who George St. Pierre took 
the crown from. That's where he caught his name from, oh, okay. was beating Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes was the person nobody could beat, and GSP came in and said, I am the bet. I am not entertained or impressed. So, rough stuff going on for, for the UFC uh, legends right now, but another day, another dollar, and we'll keep on tricking on. Jordan Parsons, do you remember the yes. Florida fighter who passed away recently, actually? His uh, assailant was charged, and I believe... Not Josh Salmon. Salmon. Not Josh Salmon. No, he died from they, opioids. Wow, we are having a couple... Like, a lot of fighters are dying. Uh, these are supposed to be some of the healthiest people in the world. But, I mean, Parsons was run over by a hit-and-run driver. So, his driver was just sentenced, I believe, to, like, three or five years here in florida Good. yeah exactly for it was a run he hit and he ran like a federal offense you should have that many years just for the run yeah i i can't tell you actually the verdict i know he was tried but i think he got at least a few years and it should be rightly so definitely wear your fucking brights and wear flashlights if you guys are running out there at night on military installations if you're out at dark you have to have a light or a belt on and there's like speed limits that are 50 miles an hour but People don't get run over on military installations because you wear Speaking shit. Speaking of, um, my niece is going to sign her papers in Tampa on Tuesday, I think tomorrow. Oh, fun. She, she's joining the Air Force, Air right? Force. Ooh, good. Well, congratulations to her. Yeah, she's about to take she a big step. It. She's been waiting for the physical results to get back for a little bit. Ooh, fun. Done and done. Good done for and her. Done, so. She's going to travel and get out of her hometown. That Nothing but good stuff can happen. Um, a lot of fun training as ahead long of her. As we stay out of silly conflicts, <laughs> quotes, conflicts. Right, 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 right. Sandy parts of the world. <laughs> Other world stuff. Was it there just some white dude that was running over a bunch of brown people in London, and people are all in uproar because it's not terrorist, but it is a terrorist act, and... And they're like, this... And they interviewed all of the guys outside the mosque, and they're like, this is a terrorist. Yeah, I better see is. his name all over That's anything. It's he wasn't true. drunk. He's not crazy. He knew exactly what he was doing. This guy is a terrorist, and you need to treat him the exact same way you've been treating every Muslim that's right. done all these things. I totally agree. I totally agree. Until... The, I hate the word terrorist in general right. because it just makes them lose habeas corpus. Um, I don't I don't know what the version of habeas corpus is in Europe, but I'm sure the media. It's and, and I I am I always go back on both sides politically of all this crazy terrorist stuff. But come on, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, <laughs> yeah. I don't I, care if it's a white dude; it's still a terrorist. Come on. Totally. Put the name on it or take the name away altogether. But not only that, then there's the fucking dude who shot up um, the baseball game and shot our senator. <laughs> what? The? Come on, people. What are you guys doing? Get it together. It ain't that bad. You guys ain't got that much to complain about. Come on. You live in America. Well, the people in Europe. Well, not the senator at the baseball I game. I don't even... I still don't know the whole story of that. So... There was a... In the dugout, I knew they were all hiding in the dugout, and then they had, like, a prayer on the mound, and oh, I don't a care bunch for of hugs and political hoo-ha so they can all get voted in next term. And I just feel like... No, I shouldn't even say it, because we're on <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, that guy didn't do any freaking training before he went out there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
all those guys and all their jobs. We need new people. I don't condone killing anyone in political office or violence about it, but I do think our voting system could be tightened up. Ugh. Anyways, let's talk about fighting again. So back to fighting. Um, a little bit more on the. Uh... But I'll talk about whatever. Especially, what? we've been working. We're, we're gonna be on the YouTube soon, guys. I know we keep saying it, but we're working on our little studio we got going and. We've just been very busy. It has Stuff's been moving and shaking. Flu has also been spread flu around. Season. I got the a touch of the swine flu. I t- my hooves turned up. Too much bacon. <laughs> it was bad. I lost a couple pounds. You want a beach bod in four days? Get the swine flu. Andy uh, cut his Elias Therado. I mean, so it's delusions of grandeur will definitely have heat. Delusions will make you think things. I had one of the worst weekends I'd had in a long, long time, sick as a dog or a pig, and I had to work, I work as a caregiver on the side, and I was hanging out with my client, and I had to deal with poop, puke, sickness, and just heat all at once. I had vomit and snot, and who knows what else in my hair. That's my worst, vomit, poop, and snot. I would rather take the vomit than the poop. I hate stuff coming out of the mouth oh, and nose. Oh. Mouth and nose. I mean, vomit's coming out of the mouth too, but then vomit's not. Oh. And I had a fever. And I had a fever. And it was like way too early in the morning. And I was just like, hair, don't care. It's time. And it's just, it was tainted. Do you know something all of a sudden when you like have a piece of clothing that yep. is a little like too right sweaty? Yeah, yep, exactly. You're like, I don't even want to wash that thing. That, that's just, it. it It'll grow back. That's It'll usually grow back. how I cut my hair. I just <laughs> I can't have it on me anymore. I have to have it on. Yeah, that was exactly it. And I took a horrible haircut because apparently people don't know how to cut Latinos' hairs around here. Uh, you just have to go to a proper barber. I know. I- hair today, gone tomorrow. So anyways, this coming <laughs> up weekend, we have UFC 212. This is gonna be on a Sunday. This is headlined by Michael Chiesa versus Mama Boy or Mama's Boy Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Lee at 155 pounds. What did you just say this fight was coming up? Uh, 212. Oh, okay. Am I okay. wrong on that? No, no, no. I think you're totally right. I just am. Oh, I yeah. thought 112. 112. I'm sorry. It's not 212. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Fight night. Yeah. Okay. That. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It's not a pay per view. This is gonna be on Fox. This is gonna start. Uh, is the same City. night uh, Bellator New York happening? It's the night before, I believe. Well, that's a weekend of fights. On Saturday, yeah. Not that I'm watching Bellator. They still don't have me. Maybe if Chael wasn't on this. There was another <laughs> fight on this card I was actually really excited about. I think it was the, was it Michael Venom Page versus Chandler? Was that on this card? They But they dropped that. But it they was, dropped it. Yeah, Once yeah, that yeah. fell out, I'm like, nah. The I'm other not. one is Emilianenko Mitrione. It's yeah, good to come in I like Mitrione enough, but mm, I don't know. So that'll be Saturday. This is going to be Sunday at 9 out of Oklahoma. Um, and there's a lot of fun fights on this. Uh, I know that it isn't going to be a full weekend of fights with the Bellator. I, I'll i definitely be watching the Bellator just because what else am I going to do Saturday night? <laughs> but there's some prospects that are going to come out on here. Um, there is some unknowns. There's some movement in the lines. And uh, we're going to start from the bottom up. At the beginning of the night, we have a 205 bout, 120 or uh, 205 pounds between Joaquin Christensen versus Dominic Reyes. 
Reyes came in, I believe, on like a week notice because it was Mazumegov or something like that against Christensen. Christensen is definitely the veteran here. He's had, I believe, two fights in the UFC and has come up one and one in the UFC. He beat, or he has actually had three fights in the UFC and he lost to initially Henrique da Silva via submission and then his last most recent loss was to um, Anuliagov versus submission as well. And that, I believe, was a really weird, like, Von Flew choke where he dropped Christensen on himself and then submitted him from the bottom. And everyone was like, that was the slickest, whatever. No, it's because Christensen isn't the best fighter in the world, guys. So, Christensen has a long way to go. He has a He has a long way to go and no time to get there. Exactly. 38 years old. Exactly. We don't have to get deep into this. Reyes is coming in at 6-0 out of California. He is the younger fighter. I can't get his exact date, but I believe he's in his 20s compared to the 38 Christensen. We know what we're getting with Christensen. Mediocre striking, mediocre takedown defense, mediocre submissions. And normally you would say, this is a... A number four guy in California, but California is thick. Like a it's, it's a yeah, Florida. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not like they're number four in Nebraska. Right. It's it means something to be number four in California. He has only had six fights total in yes. his professional record, um, and we don't really know anyone he's beat in his professional record. And I did watch tape on Reyes, um, yeah. and it, the caliber that he's fighting is. Very low quality. He did fight out of LFA, I believe. And the guys are athletic, but, I mean, they're just not that. One of the highlights I saw was one guy, just like Betch over the weekend, shook his head because uh, Reyes throws a lot of kicks. He throws a lot of kicks for a 205-er. A lot, a lot of dexterity in his legs. And the dude shook his head like, you didn't get me. Throws a left switch kick. Boom. Out. He's like, hey. Um, Reyes has done that a few times. His takedown defense is okay. He's athletic. He's not a fat 205er. He doesn't look like other guys where you're like, really? That's a 185er. Like, he's definitely filled out. This is going to be a young prospect in the 205 division that we're going to hear of later on. The he- way the 205 division's going, honestly, mm-hmm. this guy is going to be ranked right under... Like, he's going to... A gonna- in, like, two fights? Uh, yeah. yeah. For that's reals. the way it's that's going. It's look at the last him. two guys yep. that came out of nowhere that are ranked... They're fighting... What's the... Manuel? He's the number four? Yeah. Or, number- yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. So, a good point. I think Reyes, though, is going to be likely to finish this fight just because he's a better striker. Didn't really get to see much of his ground game at all, but... Against Christensen, you don't have to worry about that anyways. I think this is just short notice fight for Reyes, and he was ready to take the step up, and now he's going to start a blossoming career in the UFC. I have TKO round one for Reyes. I do too, but I probably going to go with my rule, stay away from this one on my DraftKings. Even though I think it's a round one finish, Uh I don't know anything about Reyes enough UFC oh, his, his guys his low. last six fights like their total roundage is like 30 rounds yeah the total uh fights ever fights total yeah. 30 like all of the guys he's fought their total combined fighting records 30 so I'm a little nervous on that uh Christensen the guys he's fought definitely are better quality UFC fighters quality. uh first time on the big stage for the young kid yep uh but I also think that we've seen the short notice fighters win frequently in the UFC. 
It's not an odd thing at no, all. We see superstars made by that. There's a lot of people that have understood for the last few years that you're not going to get called when you've won every single belt for the UFC. When you're going to get called for the UFC is when somebody else drops out of a fight and they want to keep a card together. It's happened time and time again, and a lot of fighters out of like AKA and gyms that are established gyms are like, no, 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 you stay ready because guess what? There's a fight coming up this weekend. Um, speaking of gyms, to get off subject, but it just you know I know your your one of your favorite gyms you always tout is the Winkle John Camp. Yeah, yeah. They need to let Holly go. They need to let Holly expand She's pretty loyal from what I've understood. It's not working for her. She needs some... If they are staying with this still, Mm -hmm. if this is the game plan still, this predictable game plan, the only... Who else is she going to fight? Jessica I? Who else is Holly going to beat at this point? Cyborg and Megan Anderson as soon as they fight. I think Megan Anderson and Cyborg both beat Holly Holmes. I agree with that, but yeah, it's still but, a fight that no, she can but, have. No, yeah. but I just mean for Holly, it, to, I think there's no reason that she couldn't be a contender still. She has the skill set yeah. to be a contender. I think she needs to go to a grappling-heavy camp. or I think she needs to expand this base a little bit. I know she's an older woman. I was about to say. She is toward the twilight mm-hmm. of her career. I know she's loyal to John, but they should be loyal to her as well or maybe bring in somebody different, something needs to change with her she needs a something new in this game plan or she's really in a danger zone against anyone else everybody has a shelf life everybody in the sport has a shelf life some people use it to their benefit some people don't and she's used it really well it's tough though like you're saying she is in the twilight of her career in my eyes as well and it's it would be really hard because she's still a number one contender. Like, where did she go? Like, she's still the number the one division's contender. The not that deep. I, know, she, I would say she's though. it's really easily, weird. She's, she's like the JDS spot. of the woman's one thirty five. Yeah. And she because she has no say so about it, she will go up to one forty five yeah, if exactly. need be. They're holding Holly there for the one forty five division. I think. I don't think it, what's for her at one thirty five. Noons and Shevchenko or Noons and Shevchenko yep. both beat Holly easily. Everyone keeps saying Cat. I don't think we see Cat fight ever again. Yeah, I think Cat's probably the toilet. Of her Jessica, I I think they might just keep her for Ohio fight card uh-huh. because she will put seats butts in the seats right, in right. the arena. But other than that, Jessica I is in the same place, and it's not because that Ronda Rousey age of fighters was talented, mm-hmm. but they were as talented as they could be at the time. Like, for what their age allowed them to get into in the sport. I think what we're seeing now with women's MMA and what's successful mm-hmm. is these... I I think uh, JJ is, like, a perfect example of somebody who is keeping fresh. Shevchenko traveling, keeping fresh. Um, so I'm just really... In, I'm curious at why somebody at Holly's level, who still is a contender, yep. she's, you know, she, she hurt... Or is that a great... Would it be interesting to you to see Ronda Rousey fight Holly Holmes again all of a sudden? Like, if Holly came out and murked her last four fights, Mm -hmm. you would think, oh, Ronda could never get in the ring with her. But now you're like, huh, what would happen in another fight, a rematch? I think stylistically Holly would would get that. Yeah, but I mean, it would sell four million pay-per-views. There's many (laughs) better divisions. Probably probably like two million pay-per-views. There's a lot of other fights that could happen before I'd want to see Holly fight. I'll right away again myself personally. Oh my gosh, there was a lot of fights like I could have watched before this. Anyways, get off topic. So, I was just thinking about the John Winkle John Camp for her and this fight style that I'm like, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the faints were so far away, it was like, at least get oh, close enough to uh, make him uh, like, I could tell. It was a bit, not embarrassing, but it's just, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, and it's just, it's real life. It's real life. People put themselves in these situations, whether they know that they are or not. But it's, she's got to take a look or not. And she might not be because, again, it's it's a little bit you later. You still have Shevchenko versus Nunes? I still have, I still have Shave. I still got the bullet as well. Team bullet all day or day. I know. I just have seen a lot of people like Amanda's going to beat her like she did the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, the first time that as it went on, Valentina started to roll that fight. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> so back to the fight night. 112. We have the next fight at 100 at featherweight at 145 pounds. Jared Gordon versus... Miguel Quinones, Michelle, Michael, I don't know how he pronounces it, but these are both debuters. Um, did watch a little bit of tape on these guys. For the 145 division, neither of them looked like they were going to be an immediate contender. They were both kind of grinders, okay striking, good all the way around. Um, nothing stuck out for either one of them. Quinones for me was much more of the basic striker where he tend to keep the he's coming out of Florida He tend to keep the fight standing a lot more and that's how we'd win his decisions and or knockouts um, Gordon had that same ability of striking not as many lake or kicks in general But what did stick out for Gordon for me was that he transitioned into his takedowns heavily Every single one of the fights I saw Gordon in, he was throwing two to three shot combinations into a single leg drag, a double leg, or he would even hold shots. Uh, He'd get deep in on the legs and still drive through them. And that's just, he might not be the best wrestler ever, but it's good fundamentals to see when you're seeing anybody. So I feel like the fight can be dictated by Gordon a bit more because of those takedowns and or top control. I didn't really get to see either of their ground game too much. Both of these guys do like to stand up. This is going to be an exciting fight, but these are both debuters. Anything can happen. I got a caution flag on this fight all the way around. I think that Gordon is going to win via decision, but I'm saying stay away from it. Stay away from it on your tap. Stay away from your bets. Enjoy this fight. Watch these guys and make bets later on in their careers right now. You're just, it's a coin flip right now. I believe... I have it. I have the underdog in this fight. I think that uh, he has some jiu-jitsu game. Quinones? Yeah, I uh-huh. don't believe... Uh, El Chapo. Oh, El Capo. El Capo. Quinones? Yeah, Quinones I, El Capo. Gordon does have some good wrestling fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I think that the earlier fights that I saw of Quinones, um, he did some transitions off takedowns mm-hmm. that I was kind of impressed by. He did have weird kicks mm-hmm. that I do think can click, clip somebody. Really what I'm going for here is kind of what we talked about earlier about the other guy being number four ranked in California. I think mm-hmm. Florida has a thicker fight scene. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know what Pennsylvania has going on, uh, but the, there's over 300 active fighters in that weight class in Florida. So to be six ranked out of the 300 active fighters... That's not too shabby in this state. We have monsters here. We have tons of good gems. Uh, ATT riddles through the state. Black Zillions. I think the Wolf Pack. Is is that somehow one of the split-offs of Black Zillions? Mm, I feel like, I'm did they split sure. off into three gems now? And I feel like... I just don't know. I, or is the Wolf like the Pack... Armory. I think one of them that the 
Black Gazillion. Where's Jason Knight fight out of? Is that the wolf pack? No, I thought he was something else. Yeah, see, so many good gyms in Florida. So I'm just going to go with the... Like We're it. in Florida. I'm going to pick the underdog on this. And I might, depending on the cost, put them on one or two cards just so I can afford some more expensive people. Nice, because nice. either way it goes, I think it goes to decision, even if it's a loss. Because I think for Gordon to win the fight, uh-huh. it's going to be a grind-out takedown to the ground with minimal points on both sides. So I could see that, but I feel like I've been noticing trends with some of these uh, lighter weight guys is that now reversals and takedowns are worth more on DK. That is so true. That is really it true. It adds up when you're 145ers and you get 10 takedowns because both of you are moving like rabbits. Um, so moving on to the next fight, we have Tim Means versus Alex Garcia. This is a bit more of the veteranship we're seeing. Tim Means, uh, definitely a long career in the sport. Highlight reels for days. We know we're getting a striker with a slick ground game, has a really good mission control, throws those legs up really well. Chid is a little bit suspect, and age has definitely been one of the factors on, with a long career that there's just injuries and movements that he's talked about that he can't do because of a lifetime of combat sports. Alex Garcia is a tri-star disciple who is one of the biggest underperformers of all. I remember when he first came in, he was going to be the next title contender. He was going to be GSP's disciple. Freaking everybody was saying, like, this guy. He's only lost to top caliber uh, guys in Neil Magny and uh, Strickland. But um, he's more working on his way up where I feel like Tim Means, Tim Means is working on his way down. Alex Garcia has is good all the way around. He's a B-level striker. Jiu-Jitsu, his ground game is underrated. So is Tim Means. I just see the trajectories of these two careers going in opposite paths with Garcia slowly climbing, where Tim Means is hanging on, if not diminishing a little bit. And we know what we're getting with Tim Means. People have game plans, and TriStar always puts together the best game plans for their fighters to win, whether it's exciting or not. I was just about to say, TriStar has their whole gym. I, I don't know why I always want to put Wonder Boy there, and he's totally not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Spartans there. there. Oh, he used to. Yeah. Okay. Elias Theradoa uh, is there. Holly Holmes has such a TriStar game plan. Yeah. Stay on the outside, yeah. kicks from afar, short yeah, jabs yeah, in yeah, the yeah. inside. <laughs> Anyways. So, um... It's cautious. This, this, is a, this is a tough, tough fight for me because Alex Garcia is a bit open in his strikes. He can be outstruck. Sean Strickland showed that with his size, and Tim Means has that size that Sean Strickland does. Tim Means is a tall, long guy with good takedown defense and sneaky knees from the inside. I could see a knee coming up on the inside from Tim Means. Um, I think that... Tim can keep this fight standing more than Garcia can take Means down. I think that this is going to be one of the final showings that Tim Means has there. He's going to look good. And I have Tim Means winning by TKO round two. I don't know. I don't know if that's a... I don't know. Like, I know that's a rough one, but I I think Tim Means can't... can't exploit he's, this Tim fighter. Means is the heavy favorite on this. Right oh. now on tap. I don't oh, know okay. if the lines are out, but right now on tap, yeah, he's the heavy favorite, not. 85%. Yeah. And most people think he's going to knock it out, yeah, uh, Garcia. I, I had Tim Means on this. 
the more I look at it and the Neil Magny decision, and that was Neil Magny was looking hot back then. Well, and Neil Magny also weathered a storm. Garcia gassed yeah. himself by almost killing him. And he was very new in the UFC yeah. at the time. Uh, I would normally like Tim Means. I always have Tim Means. Like mm-hmm. I, I did not like the way Tim Means looked against Alex Garcia I think last fight. And that was only two months ago. Yeah. I felt like he won the first, he would have won the first fight and then it got weird. Uh-huh. I felt like he was winning the fight. Uh, Garcia, uh, a cowboy didn't want to fight him anymore. Uh, but then the second fight happened and he looked tired. He looked like he was somehow off his cycle. He looked like somehow the double weight cut in the short, short amount of time. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but he looked tired in the fight. He didn't look good. He, I just don't understand how cowboy came in and just pretty much murked him the next fight in. Mm-hmm. So, I don't like this fight two months later against a guy that doesn't have as good a cardio. So if you do see a knockout, we know Dirty Bird, he's, and we say it on the show all the time, the wide looping punches and straight punches. Dirty Bird has straight punches, and we know he has cardio into the third round. So I do like the idea of a later knockout for Tim Means, but I'm going to go with Garcia decision on this. I think Tim Means is just going to be tired again. It's too short. If this was yeah. six months after that cowboy fight, I would have Tim Means all day on this. I think he would grind him out, and I think mm-hmm. he'd be able to knock him out by the end of the second, beginning of the third round. I don't like this fight so close. And it's been a little bit of a distance since uh, the four-month gap, and it was a knockout, the Mike Pyle knockout for um, Garcia. Yeah. I, I just like that better as far as health. And that is becoming such a big thing we're starting to see is that we haven't been wrong. We're like, JDS knocked out too short ago. Boom. Yep. Too, it, the knockout comes too quick. And we're starting to see the weight cuts matter more. And we're starting to see all these little things get tightened with Asada. I just don't like the two months, Tim Means. You're too old for that. I think you're making really good points. And I can see myself switching to Garcia with more and more of what you're saying. I afraid in my head I can just vision an overhand right coming over from Garcia. And Tim Means used to be able to take those and keep on throwing knees. But he he hasn't shown that he can take shots like he used to. And that, Sean, look at his fights. Look at his fights. I like Sean Strickland right now more than Tim Means. Yeah, and I, I think Sean Strickland, that was a year and three months ago. So that's plenty of time that uh, Garcia has had time to heal. The last two fights with Cowboy for Tim Means were friggin' battles. Mm -hmm. They threw, there was kicks, body, like, they were just grinds. Two Mm -hmm. months ago? Yep. Now yep. you're going to go in with a guy like like a little short, stouty, strong oh, yeah, guy. Oh, powerful, powerful Yes, guy. it's not a long guy like uh, Cowboy was. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a harder two rounds, yeah. and I think Garcia can take the first two rounds. So I have Garcia decision right now. I could sway that to a knockout, but Tim Means does have a pretty good chin. So I'm just going to go with decision and think that Garcia is going to get the first two. I like it. I like it. I like it. Moving on to the next fight, we have a bout at 155 pounds. We have Devin Powell versus Daryl Horcher. Horcher came in on short notice, made a name for himself, losing to Khabib Nurmagomedov. It was one of those short notice things where Horcher, nobody, literally, nobody would take the fight. And he said, you're giving me a UFC contract? Yeah, I'll lose. I'm like, I don't care. Okay, now he's in the UFC. So, Horcher, one of the things that everybody what made really endearing to me uh, for Horcher was that when he came in there against Habib, he tried to finish Habib. He wasn't in there looking for a loss. He was in there like, hey, you giving me a shot. What do I have to lose? Like, okay. 
started going after Habib. Habib eventually beat the living daylights out of Horcher, but Horcher never gave up. I believe it was called by a ref. I mean, ground and pound, death by ground and pound. But um, Horcher has a fighting spirit and that can never be undervalued. That's something that will always, even if he's Horcher's outmatched, he'll be able to beat guys with his sure determination. Um, definitely has a long, uh, ex a long way to go with his technique, but I think that once he's been in there with a person like Habib, like he grew, even though he lost, he still grew a lot from that. And I'm liking when I'm seeing Horchard again stylistically against Powell. Powell is one of these guys that never stuck out anywhere to me. A uh, potential grinder looked like he had rough cardio against Close. That was a decision. That was his only fight in the UFC. He has a mix between um, KOs and submissions, but it's out of Maine, which the main scene, I don't know is whether it's too, too high. I do remember the Close fight, and it was a fight not to remember between Powell and Close, so I think this is just going to turn into a grappling match for both guys, and I feel like Horcher's determination and just willingness to want to compete in there is going to get it for him. But it, I think this is a decision all day. Stay away from DK. All This is a decision in my eyes. I think Horcher can knock him out. I think this is a guy, I think they fight too close in the States from Maine and Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Like they might, People might know him in the right circuits that I'm going to trust the fake crowd favorite on this of whoever's picking might know a little about these guys. I like Horcher too, as much as I think he's one of the only guys that took the fight against Habib, which just feeling Habib's strength alone, how can that not make you better? Like uh, exactly, you were saying. right? Um, he's had the bright lights of the UFC. Not that Powell hasn't. I just think a Habib fight, so much more intense. What are you going to learn? The, the majesty of that kind of fight. So... Um, I'm going to go with Horcher on this, but I and I have Horcher KO round two right now. Nice. Uh, I just think the other guy is going to try to fight, and they're both going to tr they're trying to make names for themselves. I think it's going to be an interesting fight. We're going to I think it's going to be a, a a battle until it's two gas fighters at the end. Yeah, I can see that <laughs> happening in like the middle of the second yes, round. Yes, yes, exactly. So I'm going to stay away from this all day on DK. Yep. This will be one of my DKs because I think both guys is going to try so hard to prove something, somebody going to get knocked out. And oh. I don't trust Horcher enough at this point since I've only really seen him fight Habib that he ain't going to get knocked out. So um, I got Horcher KO round two right now, but I am staying away from that. All right, moving on to the next fight at Lightweight. We have about between Johnny Case versus Tony Martin. This is a sleeper of a fight. Both of these young prospects are, this is just a really fun fight. Case is always around. in good fights. Yeah, He's always, always in. He's always. one of those it, guys. It's not, yeah, he just recently lost to Matthews, which Matthews is also an under- uh, dark horse in the division. He's a young guy, but Matthews is a fucking stud. And that was over a year ago that he lost to. I mean, Tony Martin has also only lost to Leonardo Santos. That Matthews against uh -huh. Case was the best I ever seen Matthews. Yeah, love. I agree. And that was a that was a close, 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 close fight. Um, Tony Martin recently beat Alex White and I feel like Alex White is a real big dark horse in the division. He's really gotten his whole game up. This I see turning into a grappling match. Both of these guys have good striking, uh, good hips by both of them, good fundamental wrestling. 
the submission, neither one of them is like a true jujitsu guy. They're both kind of wrestlers with jujitsu and striking MMA guys. Um, I Case is more of the traditional wrestler and uses a lot more of traditional wrestling techniques to get to where he wants to. I think Martin can beat him there and then ha could have the slight advantage on the ground. But this can turn into who's ever on top is just going to ride the other guy out for the whole round and it can turn into three rounds of that. I'm giving the slight edge to Martin. I feel like he is an underdog on this, but I have Martin decision. I just see him winning the ground exchanges a bit more and that's what's going to matter for me. I uh, have the exact, I think, case decision. I think we're going to see a little bit of everything in this fight. I think we'll see a lot of uh, ground exchanges. I think we're going to see a lot of stand-up. And I think it'll go round by round. Like, the first round will be all stand-up. Second round, we're going to see a whole bunch of uh, back and forth on the mat. And then the third round will be the deciding factor for me. I feel like this will be one of those ones that goes to a decision and could go either way. And I might be pissed because it'll probably go the opposite way I pick. I just really like Case. I feel like he's one of these guys like Tim Means, like Safadine, like that will never be flashy, that'll never have this huge name, that'll never sell pay-per-views, but they're just there to dim other fighters and make them look a little less grand grandiose in the ring. Um, I think that's a great point. I don't think Tody Martin is that grandiose yet. And I think Johnny Case, the, the Matthews he fought last time, is far better than the Martin this time. I like to think at his age, he's getting better each fight. Mm -hmm. Johnny Case is one of these guys I like to watch. Um, he's in the right division. I think he's still young. I mean, they're both young. Yeah, same age. So... Yeah, I like Johnny Case in this, and I got Case decision. I don't think either guy has a really weak chin. Yep. Um, this is a fun fight. It's a super fun fight. It's close. It's super close of a fight. I think both guys is more defensive on ground than offensive, so I don't think... I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be... Have, I think it's a sleeper. I think it'll be exciting. Yep. I think they're both going to want it. Both have hearts, but I do think it'll go to decision either way. I got Johnny Case decision could change. We'll see, but right now, that's a fun. I'm excited for that one. I people are gonna come back at us, watch on Monday, and be like, "Damn, that was a good fight." Yeah, we said it here first. Moving on to the middleweight division, we have Vitor Miranda versus Marvin Vittori. Uh, Vittori is one of those Italian fighters who is, I believe, now fighting out of like um, Las Vegas or something like that. Like he moved to the states a little while ago, so he's not at. That his biggest claim to fame being Italy is definitely, um, he's here in the States getting better. He has a, his most recent loss in the UFC, Vittori's, was versus Cara de Zapato Jr. It was a decision. The fact that he went in against the black belt of that level and wasn't submitted when it was mainly a ground fight, I think it's credentials for Vittori. Vittori comes in with a heavy wrestling game, even though he's, I believe he was out of the Italian wrestling scene. He's got good basics in wrestling 101. He gets people to the ground. Arm, tri hit, arm triangle is his number one uh, submission. He gets it a lot. People know that it's coming and he still gets it. He gets in a good side position. He has a good double leg takedown. His caliber of fighter though that he fought and was doing this to was low. And the way that he was beating people initially on his tape compared to what he's doing now in the UFC, you see a big dramatic change but that happens to anybody who comes to the UFC because now you're be fighting the best of the best 
Vitor Miranda is definitely a much older fighter, been in it for a long, long time at 39 years old. His last loss is to Chris Camozzi via decision 11 months ago. Prior to that, he was on a three-fight winning streak, um, beating a bunch of... Clint Hester being one of those guys. Jake Collier. These guys are all out of the UFC as well. And he also lost a decision to Cara de Zapato. So they have a shared loss in that. Miranda is the striker. He's the Muay Thai guy. He has a lot of power. Um, throws a left kick really, really well. On the ground, there's really not much of a ground game. There was never any time that I've ever seen Miranda want to engage on the ground if anything he stands back up so it's whether Vittori can take any of the strikes that get thrown his way walk through them and land one of his own Vittori is also dying piece when you see him he's like who's that Borranchina he's fucking cut out of goddamn stone he is he's a, a good looking kid for sure but he has shredded. tattoos in the right places yep. he has a good build yeah you do for his weight he is totally shredded all right proportions he's like he looks Aryan, <laughs> blonde, blue eyes, tall, like tall. Yeah, I think that um, he's like a statue of David. I think Miranda is holding on to his career in this fight, and I feel like stylistically, I could see the UFC kind of being like, "We got a young guy who has power." Because Vittori does have power, his striking isn't there yet. But I think Miranda is a little bit slower, even though he's got that veteranship. I think. Going in against a 23-year-old to a 39-year-old, Miranda's gonna is just getting he's getting outshot. It's a newer it's a newer model he's coming in with, and I just think Miranda's on his way out of the division, even the lacking division, just because I don't think that he's ever been the best caliber of UFC fighter in there. And yeah, he was just in the right place at the right time, and has had a long career in the sport, and I think it's time for him to move on. I have a Tory TKO. Round two, I could see that moving up to round one. I have Vittori submission round two. Uh, I agree with everything you said. I think a guy we're seeing in the UFC from a 39-year-old and what you needed to know, you could be the best in your field back then in the UFC and make a name for yourself, whereas now you have to be the best in three fields. You know, it's a different game than it is. I think Vittori's one to watch. I think he has a country behind him. I think he's good looking. I think he's marketable. Yep. Uh, he's all the right things. I like the romance novel version sometimes of the UFC, and Vittori fits into that. I think this is actually a feed me fight to excite the fans uh, on the preliminary card. It's the right weight for a knockout, and I think they are doing the right thing here for the entertainment aspect of the UFC and the company that manage them now and everything I think Vittori is they're feeding this fighter they want to make him look good I could see that too and it's a perfect stylistic matchup but I I think it could be a KO just as easy as a submission I just the only reason I go with submission here is I think that Miranda does lay heavy punches the power is the last to go I don't think Vittori is going to like the way that feels and Mm -hmm. he's going to sink back into his ground game a little bit and we are going to see some sort of uh guillotine choke you know Mm -hmm. jump into Uh something Uh uh but I, the Chris Camozzi decision from Miranda last time, Chris Camozzi goes to sleep. He doesn't isn't known for the longest chin, and he wasn't looking great in that fight, and Miranda still lost. 
The more well, you're making great points with, I'm thinking my TK around two call with this because Miranda gas after a round. And he throws Kamozi, it all in the first place. Exactly. But it is it is slower. There is power in it. But Vittori, even if he doesn't get out of the way, that chisel chin should be able to take a shot or two and get it to the ground and then just wear it out wherever he needs to. For but me. I think a finish round two, either way, I got submission, you got TKO. The only thing I see changing on this for me could be that. I could change it to TKO. I totally instead. agree with you. But I like round two. I think uh, he feels him out the first round. He had a little more patience. I remember thinking he was going to be really young and hungry in his last fight, and he mm-hmm. had patience. Sat so back. I like Vittori. I think he's going to be one to watch from – for a long time. I, I think this is a card of that. I think there's a lot of people on here. We're seeing the Tim people. Means and the Vitor Mirandas and like some people fall out here in this card. Yeah, I agree But with we're going to watch a couple other people climb over them. Yeah, I totally, totally can see that being a narrative for kind of this. And we're getting a lot of these cards coming up and it's good because we need movement. There needs to be movement in our divisions. It gets a little stagnant when you just have one person at the top nonstop. Moving on to the next fight, we have about at the strawweight division, 115 pounds between Carla Esparza versus Mar- Marin Morose. Morose? Marin? Marina. A, Marina. Sorry. It's the Iron Woman. We have the Iron Lady, and she's the Iron Woman. Normally I have problems with that, but since that name's no longer in use, I think Morose is the new Iron Woman. Well, no, the Iron Lady. Is I know, yeah, but I so just think no more the than, new yeah. iron is iron woman. Yeah, GDR should just be GDR. Really, it, it, yeah, it should just stay as GDR. It's so unfortunate for her, man. She did it to herself. She could have just took the cyborg. She should have just taken the fight. Yeah, just see, shut up. Take the lose. fight. Get a rematch. Not have the fear about it. Yeah. Take the fight. So what? You lose a fight. Yeah. So what? So what? And uh, then you have ten fights to come. Big, you know exactly you have a career people respect you in the ufc purely because you took the fight i don't know i agree with you all day it just seems unfighter characteristic totally it's something that i feel like might even affect my betting odds against her because all of a sudden it questions like what is she going in the ring if she doesn't want to be the champ because she just gave up essentially the belt like what else could she, she be striving for in there if it isn't to get that belt and retain is it, it money because not fighting is not a way to not get money. Like, Do you question fighters that fight for money alone? No. If anything, it makes me want... It'll make me choose them more because you know what their incentives are. Well, maybe that's GD. Well, yeah, she must hate money because the best female exactly. fight you could take is Cyborg. It's so if she's not fighting fight. for money. Exactly. And if she's not fighting for a championship, her belt that she... Her belt! It's not just she the championship. She actually has... The belt. Had. Because they stripped it from her and gave gave the option to somebody who's not even in the division. I love that because the UFC screwed around with Megan Anderson for a few months now. They've even set up, uh, gone to Vegas and, you know, her fly to Vegas and then not meet with her. Uh, I believe this is a power of Twitter. I think, um, and social media and Reddit and things like that. But I think that... uh, the fans want this fight for Cyborg. Cyborg asked for this fight through the fans. The UFC was kind of ignoring her. Cyborg gets the fight first. No one gives a shit who the opponent is. They're like, whatever. We just want to see Cyborg fight. Yep. We just want to see Cyborg fight. So they're like, okay, we're going to put Cyborg on 214. Who's the opponent? 
all the fans, best case scenario was Megan Anderson. I think the UFC was just waiting to see how she got gets through uh, her fight. Um, did she finish that fight? I'm so out of the Invicta loop. Did she? With who? She had a championship yeah, fight that she, we were yeah, talking she, about. She, that she, had she, just happened. Yeah, she did a And she won. I think, yep, no, finish. no, no. I think she had, an, had one coming up that I didn't know if it was in the next few weeks last time we were talking about it. Uh, for Anderson? Yeah. Um, she had an Invicta fight for the belt. I don't know if it just happened or if it's no, happening I in the next couple of weeks or if it's all changing now for the Cyborg thing. I think it's all changing for the Cyborg thing now where she doesn't have a fight in Invicta because Invicta is owned by the UFC and it is a feeder league and they've made no bones about it. So, um, I mean, even though she won the belt, it was just kind of like an uncontested belt. I think the 145er had moved up to the UFC prior to that. So, it's evolving. It's going to be changing. Um, Megan Anderson, regardless, is the top echelon of the 145-pound division in the world, regardless of the organization. Megan Anderson, Christina Cyborg are the epitome of the, the top. So, let's see those fights. The interesting thing for me with it all is Megan Anderson is a real 145er. She's like 155 that cuts down to 145, where Cyborg walks around at 145, and so do a lot of the other women that are Cyborg doesn't walk around at 145. Wait, what? how much does she? I feel like she 175, 185. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. she's a big lady. Yeah, But I Megan Anderson well. is so big, big. so tall. Yeah. Muscular as well. Very muscular, very in shape, very skilled, yep. all around. I think she's a great star for the UFC. I think so, too. And I think, I think so, too. Chris Cyborg and Megan Anderson are great fighters, and then the fact that they fight at 145 is very cool. That yep. you know, it, it does build that division and just two fighters around who they can make some interesting fights with. I want to see Holly versus Megan Anderson. I want to see Holly versus Cyborg. So it's like all of a sudden... All that's better steam than GDR in any way, shape, or form. Yep. So, back to the fight between <laughs> Sparza and Morose. Sparza came off of the show with the championship with the belt. She won the show. Uh, she then got demolished by JJ Champion and is gone. Um, been somewhat spotty ever since of her loss. She recently lost a split decision to Ronda Marcos. I believe I had Marcos in that upset. Um, you know what you're getting with Carla Esparza. Takedowns, takedowns, takedowns. Limited ground and pound. But her ground and pound is her biggest attribute. Striking is D-level striking, C-level striking. Very rudimentary. She has been at Alliance for a long time. Felice Herring has been one of her number one training partners for a long time. And we, I would have thought that we would have seen that transition in her striking and mixed martial arts improvements earlier in her career already. And the so fact right. that it hasn't. And so just, right. I'm just like, okay, we know what we're getting with Carla Esparza. And Morose is definitely going to be the more all-around better fighter in my eyes. I do give the wrestling to Carla Esparza, but that's it. That's the only thing I give to Carla Esparza. I feel like Morose has the entire rest of the fight, and I think Morose's takedown defense is gonna be up to the test. Morose only has one loss, and that is to Valerie Letourneau. Letourneau's been iffy in the division. Letourneau's lost to better people than she should have. Letourneau got her nose all cracked up by uh, She got JJ. kicked in the tit. She got kicked by Calderwood. <laughs> what else? Um, you know, my thing with uh, 
I think I, 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 everything you're saying, 100%. I totally right. agree. I think it goes to decision Moreau's. I think Moreau shines everywhere. I think Carla Esparza's Wrestling 101, which is awesome when the division first started uh-huh. and the caliber she was going against. But I think once those women from that season of Tough House got in with wrestling coaches, it was stuff they fixed very quickly. Yep. Once they got with the right wrestling coaches, I think... Uh, Paige would beat Carla now. Uh, Beck would beat Carla now. I think all the girls that have taken their skill set from that season to the next level with their camps. Ronda Marcos did. Exactly. Exactly. Every way. And I think Moroz is this... Carla Esparza is the Ronda Rousey women's divisions of yesteryear. She's the one-trick pony that it was awesome when she was first coming in. And I was never a huge Cookie Monster fan. Right. I always wanted her to... But I think uh, JJ's style of fighting has changed the game in that division so much. And the people that are training for JJ now, we're seeing this level of... Uh, she's made the division better. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Women have learned Carla is like that of yesteryear. It's like the same way of talking about um, Shevchenko to Ronda or the Nunes to Ronda now. Uh-huh. It's like, it's kind of like comparing that. And not to say that Moroz is by any way a JJ, but she is definitely somebody evolving. And if she is the underdog on this, she could be the Leslie Smith. I think I I think she is the underdog via tap. She's the underdog, but the lines aren't out. We're ahead of the game here on this both be. Esparza, if she's favored in this fight, I think Esparza is one of the overrated fighters in the UFC, and I don't know too many more fighters that do not like being punched as much as Carla Esparza. I would agree that we have seen out of women that Carla Esparza can eat a couple shots, but once she realizes if that takedown doesn't manifest or if She's a front runner in the sense that where Carla Esparza, if she's not winning the fight, she's losing it badly. Like she doesn't, she folds. If if she's ahead, she's going to do fine. But if she meets adversity, it gets real rough. And Rose is a scrappy fighter. She's got a good guy. She's gotten so much better leaps yeah, and bounds each fight. You can see it. And if you're looking at anything, you're looking at that JJ fight versus Esparza. Because I feel like Rose could mimic JJ's style more than Esparza could. So you know when you good hips stay away. Um, she almost is a fair mix if you were if Andrage and JJ had a ring baby. <laughs> it's not that she's uh-huh. at the level of either of those two fighters, but her fighting speed is the between them two. Yeah. But that stand up style, she's scrappy. She won a split decision over Taylor, and Taylor just beat like the. I like Danielle Taylor. We love her here. Yeah, we think she's up and coming. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Taylor, but she's fun she's, for the division. But, uh, same as all these other women that we've seen since they've left the tough house. She wasn't mm. in the tough house, but in the same. She she, she's had the longevity of how we've seen their careers change. Like Carla's best win is against a Rose that she could never beat now. Right. She could never, but that made Rose the Rose we see now. Sure. That sure, Carla sure. Um, t- uh, choke out. I think it was a choke. So the, the thing though that I do got a caution with this is that I am leaning more towards the Rose decision is that Carla does have where Taylor and Sachin and who beat Moroz, they are not wrestlers. Like the Moroz hasn't faced Agreed. a wrestler that can really put that it is on very her. True. So it can turn into a decision, Carla Esparza, because as we're seeing, if Carla's a front runner, if she does get on top, she'll ride her out three rounds and just stay on top. And that can happen in this fight because 
if that takedown does accumulate for it's all about the takedown and like, we're going to see in the first two the exchanges yeah. yep, yep, we'll yep. be able you like you'll be able to tell who's going to win, the, win fight. the fight yeah i have to think the same Morose's camp has to study the same shit. The JJ watched. fight. You watch the JJ fight and you say, okay, we're fucking... This is the game plan. Yep. This is the game. I think you even stay further away than JJ. Forearms on the clavicles. That's all. Morose, if she puts her forearms on the clavicles, you can't reach somebody if you're... If they got a hand right in your... John Jones, Holly Holmes, they all do that. They'll just put a palm in your face because you can't get their hips when you do that. A lot of stiff arming in this for Morose if she wants to win this. I am going to go with the slight dog right now. I think we got our... Leslie Smith so far. I think this is one of the I few wonders we're getting. But this is a decision. I think I'm going to stay away from it from DK because I don't see a finish accumulating for either one. I agree. So, I don't think a finish goes here. I just think it depends on how cheap Moroz is. If it's close, like the 8-1-8-1, I'll stay away from the fight altogether. But uh, if I just have a feel, Carla, that Rose win on her record, it's going to make her a favorite with everybody. And I just, you got to think back to that fight. Rose is one of the women that Daniel Taylor, what yep. she needs to do. If Daniel Taylor wants to take it to the next level, she needs to get in one of the grapple heavy camps. Uh-huh. But I think Rose would crank Carla Sparza if they fought again. Again, it, it, everybody. And I had Rose in that fight because I thought Rose was gonna, but even Rose came out after that fight and said mentally, she wasn't there. Cookie monster. Her head games got her because she had the ability. Um, we're, we're seeing a blossoming talent in Rose. Can't wait for those fights to come about. This would be a fight, though, for Carla. She needs to show me some grit. She's kind of... Yeah. If I'm going to compare her to somebody, she's the Cejudo of the women's 115. There's, like, something about her that's so good. This There's this skill set that's so honed, especially compared to women in her division. But there's some... I mean, we've seen Henry Cejudo has changed it. Like, we've seen fights where he's grittened up. His stand-up game's gotten so much better. His striking game's gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. This is what Carla needs to do. She needs to follow whatever path he's taken in the last two years, and that's what Carla needs to do. Because I... She's known... She has a following. The the 115 can use all the followers it can get. I totally agree. Totally agree. So, moving on to the next fight, we have about, at light heavyweight, 205 pounds between Josh Stansberry versus Jeremy Kimball. Um, both are UFC returning vets. They are both losing off their last fights. Kimball's being a loss to being his debut versus Rodrigo de Lima. This isn't the de Lima as before, or is it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's uh, the 39-year-old that we're saying is losing a step, and... Um, should definitely not be winning so many fights. No, that's not Lima. That's not Delima. That wasn't the the right Delima. We had a Delima. No, because that's Miranda. Oh God, Vitor Miranda. Oh, I'm thinking (laughs) racist. (laughs) (laughs) Delima looks like him when he's bald and he has a big frame, but Delima has no chin at all. Either way, (laughs) no. But I feel like Delima. We saw after he knocked this guy out. I feel like we've seen him fight in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like he's fresh in my head too. Like I see. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I picked against him, and I feel like he just lost badly. Um, Kimball is coming out of Colorado Springs. There was nothing I remember ever seeing, even in that Delima fight, that was like, whoa, Kimball's going to be something. He looked like he was a little bit lacking in the gas tank, even though he is out of Colorado. He he was just slow and labored. Um, again, nothing off the top of my head that made me think 
this guy's gonna go places he's knocking out guys out of the regional car colorado scene but i don't think there's many guys i've heard come out of there other than like cowboy different weight class completely stansberry has definitely had a few more fights in the ufc he was on the ultimate fighter show he lost to Khalil roundtree who lost uh, who was uh part of the finale uh roundtree is an up-and-comer in the division as well um has a lot of power a fact that he lost a tko to him isn't that bad because he's a tko guy came back and beat Corey hendricks and then recently lost a decision to devin clark um devin clark though the interesting thing about this fight is that devin clark was at 185 i think devin clark moved to 205 for this and devin clark came in with a lot of accolades off of the show that he was supposed to be knocking everybody out and stanberry stansberry took it into took it in there and took a beating um lost the decision i think it could have went either way i did have devin clark in that fight um but stansberry showed that he can fight to the level of the person in the ring with him i just don't know if he can surpass it necessarily in spots and i think that that's something that he's gonna he's out of a good camp at a team impact i can't think of who else is off out of there i just saw the more want and with the show and the people that i know um, can we just uh, another mm-hmm. shout out to tapology if you could put a button on the gyms so we could open up a page on the gyms that would be fantastic because oh, I would, would like nice. to press it where you could, if we could just see where the gym who else was. Is other, yeah, maybe other big fighters who maybe who runs the gym, but sometimes you can put it together what their specialty is if they're an MMA gym. That would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, so, or even just the link to their friggin' website, oh, whatever uh-huh. the gym's website, so at least I can look at it there. Okay, go on. So um, I would say definitely that Stanberry's exposure already to the sport with being on the show. What happens with the show, not only do you usually get a contract in the UFC, but then you get exposed to coaches that are like, hey, I like you, Stansberry. Come to my gym for a couple months. Get better. Where Kimball, I don't know if he's necessarily had that. He's been out of the Shinjatsai Jiu-Jitsu. I know his Kimball's ground game is where he wants to go, but I think Stansberry's definitely grown leaps and bounds. I'm curious to see whether Stansberry's out of this... Uh, stayed out of impact. I feel like I have heard that he's gone around to different spots. I have Stansberry actually TKO round one. I just think he's better all the way around. I think that Kimball, in what I did see from him, didn't look good. And I just, I, I have St- Stansberry finish. Stansberry is the underdog on here right now. I think that'll get closer as the fight goes on. I don't understand how Kimball could be a favorite if unless people are just looking at the record. And I understand it's out of Colorado, which is kind of a fighting state. But um, Stansberry has so much more exposure, so much experience. more experience, yeah. so much more. And the number, a big, huge thing I look at, I don't like a knockout three months ago. I don't like this at all. So a guy that has heavy enough hands, once you get to a 205, they all have heavy enough hands yep. to knock somebody out. I just think Stansberry is going to knock him out, but I think it's going to be later because I think you're right. Kimball gets like gassed, weak yeah. arms, loses power His quick. His head droops. I see an uppercut hitting Kimball. So, oh, technical difficulty. Okay, we're back. Um, but I just uh, really think Stansberry, it all come together for him. It's now or never for him age-wise. 
And I do think he's put in the work. I do think he's put in the time. He seems like an every other fight fighter right now, so we'll get the good side of him. He, When you can go with, into decision at these heavier weights, I always like that with a guy. Mm-hmm. We don't see that for Kimball at all. Exactly. So a guy can be a knockout artist for four fights, but then if he's never been into the second round and has no cardio for that because he's relying on the punches, you can't do that in the UFC. Right. You can't rely on the punches in the first round. So I think this is a weird underdog, but I totally agree with you i just have stansbury ko round two right now wow this is a interesting night i mean definitely if the last night fight night it was really hard to make some bets because so many favorites were such a decided favorite mm-hmm. this is really giving us variety where there's real options here like I, I think we're making really good uh point of views and again we're getting this early early to you guys this is gonna be at the beginning of the week nobody else has been talking about these fights because lines aren't even out we're essentially uh, bringing it right hot off the press to you guys. Moving on to the next fight, though, we have a light bait bout between Clay Guida versus Eric Koch. I mean, Clay the caveman Guida, we know what we're getting from him. Geico, good insurance, and a good health care plan. And Eric Koch has been a little chinny for a while. Um, Clay Guida, ever wrestler, been an alpha male, uh, traveled around. He's at Elevation Fight Team now. You know what you're getting. Take down city, take down city, take down city. Limited striking, cardio for days. He's always been known to be a hairy gerbil that can go five rounds if you ever needed to. Um, his last loss ran to Brian T. City Ortega via TKO. Um, Ortega really did put it on him. It was one of the few times that Clay Guida has ever been finished. The only time he's ever been finished by a TKO. I, I believe he was hurt with elbows a lot in that fight. And I think that that's a good fight to look at where Clay Guida's toughness was one of his biggest attributes. And it's just not there for him anymore. He's been fighting for so long that those punches accumulate. He can't just walk through them and keep going for the takedown. Now they hurt him and sit him down. And I think that um, Coke has had a rough streak, but he's the much younger guy, has... Not as much experience as Clay Guida, but it's top-notch competition. Eric Koch came in with really high credentials and almost was out of the UFC for a bit and has lucky, luckily come back and won. He's looking a lot, lot better, but his chin is his, big, his biggest, um, scariest factor for Eric Koch is he gets put down very, very easily. So even though Clay Guida doesn't have a lot of power, Clay Guida does have the angles and... Um, cardio to be able to put a punch on him in the third round and sit coke down and get submitted and clay guida can do that but i am going to give it to eric coke i think he's better just all the way around a bit younger a bit fresher i think that punch just doesn't come for clay guida because he's just lost enough of a step um i got coke decision that's how I feel about that fight. I have Coke submission. I think later in the rounds, I think Clay Guida's strong. I think uh, all the same things where I could even lean later in the week toward Guida uh, with that. a knockout. I can see it's that. so crazy. I can see that. Uh, he just has so much. I don't like um, all the space between Coke's matches. I think he that tells me he's injured a lot, and then it makes me worried, yeah. like, is he taking this fight on the money right now, and he's going in injured, because a lot of fighters have to do that so they can keep training. I just, it's sketchy to me. It's a sketchy fight. I This is 
I know we say stay away from a lot of ones. This is a weird one for I me. Totally this is, agree. Uh, Coke is way heavy a favorite right now. If he's too heavy of a favorite, I will not pick him on cards. Yeah. Um, if he's cl- like if they're close, I'll still pick him. If he's a mild favorite, I do have Coke submission ladder in the rounds. Um, Clay Guida does rely so much on his hands. He just isn't great on the ground. And I'm going to hope that uh, the knockout that Coke has had. But, I mean, they're forever ago, like four years ago or yeah, something. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, maybe something in his head. like and it. I believe he moved up in weight. I believe Coke was at 145. He was having issues, and then he oh, moved okay. up to 155. And he's looked better, but... I'm going to pick Coke submission round three right now. <clears throat> Ladder in the rounds after Clay Guida wears out a little bit. It's a sneaky fight, but that's a fun fight because of the intangibles we are talking about. It can make it for either fighter being hurt, either fighter just, you know, rallying back. And uh, it's going to be a scrap. Both of these guys do tend to get bloody. And any Clay Guida fight's a fun fight with with that little caveman, little hairball jumping around everywhere. Moving on to the next fight, we go to the strawweight division with Police Herring against Justine Kish. Um, we have Esparza fighting, and now we have Herring. They've been BFF since prior to the shows. For long in their career, they fought um, on some Cali scene and became friends and have never fought each other since. Um, I think they're open to it, but it has to be for the right amount of money or something they talk about. So we know what we're getting with Felice Herring. Her, she's... An athlete. She's really athletically gifted. Good striker. Definitely came in on her Muay Thai credentials, but her submissions as of late have really show have really really shown well. She had a decision against Alexis Grasso, which I'm high on Grasso, and Felice Herring finally pulled the trigger. And I remember I picked Grasso and saying if Felice Herring pulls the trigger, Grasso loses his fight. And for Felice has finally started to do that. The reason she was losing before wasn't because she was worse than Paige Van Zandt. It was because she wasn't believing in herself. And Herring has since come out and been like, she finally feels like she's got it together. Kish, Russian fighter fighting out of LA at a black house, which is uh, Anderson Silva's gym, Noguera Brothers, a lot of, there's a lot of top competition. Dariush might have been out of there for a bit. Um, Kish is a UFC veteran with two fights. She definitely beat uh, Nina Asnerov, Asnerov, who is uh, Noons's. Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. at a ATT? Yeah. And then she also beat um, Alicia Yoder in a unanimous decision five months ago. Yoder didn't look that good. Definitely the and astronaut Ash- fight. Astronaut, is, though, she has fight. gotten leaps and bounds better since that fight. So yeah, the, the astronaut that she beat was not the woman we see now in the UFC. I just think that has to be yeah. <laughs> put into I think the... that's a good call. Um, Kish is definitely a striker. She uses a, more of a kickboxing style. She's got good ground transition. She's good on the ground, but I believe she likes to keep her fight striking. With Felice Herring, that's exactly what Felice wants to do. If they do go to the ground, I would give the advantages to Felice, just with everything we've seen from her. She, she has a good ground game. She just doesn't use it as much as she really should. Um, I have Felice's decision. I just see this turning into a kickboxing match, three rounds, and it's going to be pitter-patter. I don't see a finish accumulating for either woman either. I 
if there is a finish, I give it to Felice. I have Felice's decision as well. Uh, the difference, it's so crazy even that you say that her and Carla are best friends because Felice has done everything right since the tough house. She was not one of the best girls in that uh -huh. house at, by any means. Carla was at the top the whole time and we've just seen a steady decline. I think this Felice beats this Carla now. I think I Felice has become so much a better fighter and she's really impressed me. I've bet against her a few times of late and uh -huh. I just really see her coming into her own and everything clicking she puts her heart in there she puts her head in there when she's fighting I like Kish I think Kish is one to watch mm -hmm. I think Kish is a little more one dimensional right now I think Felice mm -hmm. does have the experience inside the octagon with the top caliber fighters being in the tough house I think she's been in the ring with women of so many different disciplines at this point that she is coming into her own uh she could be somebody that we see typing, fighting that top echelon ladies. She has the heart for it. She has the grit for it. Uh, unless Felice gets hit in the body, I have, and I think she could finish this by submission. That's a big reason. I would Felice? be, yeah, I uh -huh. think that I could see that. I would be more likely to bet on this woman's card than some of the other fights other on this. I feel I, like I will probably have Herring on a few of my DraftKings. Like I can, which is, you know, some of the women fights like this, I it's tend to stay to away from, from. Totally. but I think she's coming into her own. I think we're going to see her make she has her a little high run. Output. She has a high output, which is always good for DK. Um, Felice has got a good gas tank and yeah, I, I give the check marks as well. Fun fight, actually fun fight. So moving on to the next fight, we have a featherweight fight at 145 pounds between BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver. The retirement this, match. This is... Are they both retiring? No, but they <laughs> should be. Well, what actually should have happened was this is the fight that BJ Penn should have fought, not Yair. He should have fought this the first, on his way back into the UFC. It would have made way more sense. Um, I could see either of these fighters retiring after this. BJ is a fighter's fighter. He definitely had a rough showing against a young up-and-coming talent. And Dennis Seaver's more his pace. We know what we're getting with both of these guys. Okay striking for BJ Penn with horrible cardio. Um, slower power and amazing ground game. Dennis Seaver is the spinning kickboxer. He's got spinning heel kicks, spinning uh, head kicks, spinning back fists. Okay takedown defense and okay ground game. If this goes to the ground at all, BJ Penn wins it. That's what's going to happen. But if Dennis Senior keeps his standing, the way that uh, BJ took those shots and looked so incredibly stunned, if Dennis Seaver comes out kicking as hard as he can and stuns BJ Penn, this could be another 15-second fight. Um, I feel like we've seen a bit more out of Dennis Senior Seaver as of late. He does have two losses in a row against Conor McGregor two years ago. And then he lost a decision to Kijuari. I would say Kijuari looks like a higher competition than BJ Penn even right now. So, I, BJ Penn has lost his last four in a row. And these are top-level fighters he's fighting. They're not nobodies. So, it's not like um, he's just going in there and falling over. But Unless I he's fighting the answer. We've, we've, see, we've seen... Uh, the best of BJ Penn, and 
I don't think he's going to make a title run. I don't think he, 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 win or lose, where does he go from here? I don't know. Either one of these fighters. How, who does that Nassim for fight after he beats somebody who just lost five in a row? Like, who do you pick? A, a newer guy? I am going to pick Dennis Seaver, decision, and I had BJ Penn up until right now. I talked myself out of it. I feel like Dennis Seaver could keep it standing, use those spinning kicks to the body, and BJ Penn doesn't have it anymore. He just doesn't. Dennis Seaver showed me a little bit more in his recent fights. Dennis Seaver has had a long time to heal. He is another example of a guy who sometimes makes other guys look mediocre. He is, doesn't do anything really flashy, but he is powerful as F for the division. Oh, yeah. He can land a spinning heel. He can land a head kick. BJ Penn was knocked out four months ago by a hype train. I love Yair. I definitely think he's UFC caliber, but and he's obviously better than BJ Penn, but I'm not high on Yair like the rest of UFC fans are. I don't think he's the next coming of Christ. I... um. The knockout by Frankie Edgar, it, it seems I can see that happening here. I can see a grind and pound. I just see a finish for Seaver. Well, I think BJ Penn should not be in the ring anymore. Four months ago, he was knocked out. Four months ago, and he is almost 40 years old. There's a difference. I, don't, I think four months is too short regardless. But Dennis Seaver's had like a year to heal. They are the same age, but... I think that that layoff that BJ Penn had in between fights, it's hard. Everybody that I know, the older they get, the harder it is to get into shape and then the harder it is to stay in shape. And we've known for a long time that BJ has dumb camps and said, I'm never doing that again. We saw the best BJ Penn ever, but he himself said, sorry, I'm not going to do it anymore. And he's not won any fights since then. So, um... Whether he want, maybe he needs to look into the subs and subs and all those submission tournaments. Agree. But Brilliant. no more striking. No more striking. No more striking. Or, no more striking. BJ Penn. Like you can do it other ways. You can make fans a like him enough that he can have a career outside the ring. Uh, yeah. To- exactly. I totally agree. So if you're listening, BJ, you know, just start doing them submission onlys. No striking bouts. I think both men definitely should retire after this. We're watching both men cut weight again. Can Dennis Seaver even make this weight anymore? I don't know. The whole thing's going to be interesting. But I just don't see how you can put a bet on BJ Penn at this point. This Uh, is the weird thing. I think this fight, to the UFC's eyes, is a feed me so they could have BJ Penn have a win. That's what I really think they're setting this up as, and I don't think Dennis Seaver's going to go out like that. Yeah, I agree. I think Devin Seaver is still a competitor, and even if he's never just looked um, completely stunned and shocked Something out Something cool that I heard, and I just thought it was super, it just says a lot about the team, uh, and just because you said Conor McGregor with the Dennis Seaver knockout, uh, Lobov turned down a fight so that he could be there for Conor for... The Floyd fight. Yeah, they turned do out that. a UFC fight. Yeah. Like, and you know, it would have been pretty. Lobov is building enough of a name, and that division's pretty hot right now with everything going on. It would have been a good card, good experience, probably main card or the headline of a prelim card. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just kind of like, wow, dude, that's pretty awesome. Admirable. Yeah. And totally. that you're going to. It's not the You're time there for right your now. boy. Yeah, it's not your time. But he's also said in interviews that the best thing that he's ever done in his career is be Connor's training partner. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I think yeah. that's friggin' awesome too. But I just think if you have that kind of team like that, and Brennan Schaub says it, that 
you know, he he's walked into fights and seen the other guy's team and been so jealous of the team that the other guy had that he never felt like he had uh-huh. in UFC because he was a football player, so he used to have a team. Yep. And he saw the guys with good teams, and they always won the fights. You yeah, know, yeah, where yeah. they had more than just a, yeah, we're just out at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like totally. a brotherhood or sisterhood or fighterhood, whatever the case may be. Anyway, yeah, Seaver, if he is an underdog in this fight, I think yeah, about him on your We've got games. a couple going. Woo-woo. I know, that's the third underdog in a row I think we agreed on. I think on. so. That is interesting. It means it's a good night of fights are coming. I tell you what. Moving on to the co-main event, oh, we have shit. Johnny Hendricks, middleweight, 105 pounds versus Tim Bosch who's a real middleweight. Not that Johnny Hendricks ain't a real middleweight, but um, at six foot compared to 5'9", which it's more like 5'7". Thank you very much, Big Rig Hendricks. He ain't no 5'9". He ain't no Big Rig. He needs to be like Little Rig. <laughs> yeah. So, Tim Bosch is definitely going to have a size advantage. Wrestling credentials are always going to come in Johnny Hendricks because of that, um, the national championships. And all of the collegiate accolades that he has. But Tim Bosch did come up as a wrestler. And Tim Bosch uses his wrestling well for his fights in his career. Tim Bosch uses wrestling well. Tim Bosch has heavy power. Known as the Barbarian. Has some of the biggest comebacks in history. The Yushido Okami comeback where he held him up against the fence. And uppercutted him in the third round when he got beat to shit. You can't teach that. You can't teach that. And we know for a fact that there's been times that Johnny Hendricks has said that... You know, he didn't want that fight. He just didn't have it in him. And he's come back since then and beat top-level guys. But Tim Bosch has never said that once. And Tim Bosch has always proven that he's wanting to finish a fight, losing or not. And that's just an intangible that I do think that Johnny Hendricks can be exploited. And I do think that a battle of the wills can get the better of Hendricks. And Tim Bosch has the right attributes in his side being size and tenacity. With that, that's about all that Tim Bosch has in this. I mean, the wrestling's going to go to Hendricks. The striking's going to go to Hendricks. The speed's going to go to Hendricks. The only thing that isn't going is size and power. I think that's where uh, if Tim Bosch lands, he can put Hendricks maybe not clean out, but definitely make the game plan go out the door. Um, I think the Barbarian is being very undervalued here. He's going to be. There's no way he's not going to be the underdog. I am going to give it to Johnny Hendricks via decision because I feel like he can just get on top of him and hold him for three rounds and uh, land ground and pound from the top and Tim Bosch will eventually gas because Tim Bosch does gas with all the heart he does have. He has to show it because he can't lift his arms where Johnny Hendricks has looked good in his last couple three-round fights and a lot of five-round fights with the weight increase. I just think this is going to be a decision. Johnny Hendricks. I have the underdog on this. I agree with everything you said about Tim Bosch. Every single thing that you said about him, I totally agree with. I think he is so much bigger than any man Hendricks has ever been in the ring with. Ever. So I... I liked his last... Johnny's uh, fight against uh, Lombard, but... uh, Lombard short two. And little, stocky, very similar build to a lot of the smaller guys he was already fighting. Tim Bosch is a monster. I And I think he's strong. I think he has decent takedown defense. So I think when Johnny goes... Johnny does have good single legs and ways to get big guys off their 
Um, but the grind mm-hmm. is going to be so wearing on yep. Hendricks, and he doesn't have good cardio either, even with the cutting less weight. I just think both Bosch is a real gorilla at this weight class. If Johnny gets through this Tim Bosch, we might see Big Rig take a run at this division, like a real serious run. If he even a, a decision uh-huh. victory on this is as because it's such a bigger man. I think Tim Bosch is big for this weight class in general. So for a guy that's little like Johnny, um, but we are we're also seeing the first Big Rig that's had a chance to build muscle out of some of that weight he was carrying around uh-huh. or that extra weight he was putting <laughs> on. Um, I really like Johnny Hendricks. I always pick him. I just. Neither men's been knocked out for over a year, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, th- Tim Bosch has just fought better caliber of fighters at this weight. And bigger guys as well. He, like huge. He's come in undersized where he is a big fucking guy for the division. Um, I have Bosch KO round two right now. I can really see that. And I went back and forth between this Hendricks decision because... When I, I had came... Hendricks when you started talking, and all the things you said about Bosch changed my mind. Like that's where I'm changing my. You own changed mind. my <laughs> mind to Bosch, and I was like, "Damn, we're about to have the fourth underdog in a row that we're agreeing <laughs> on." And then you went with Hendricks, and I was like, "Ooh, I see all that too." Exactly. Everything I like about Johnny though just doesn't work in this I, fight. He is just a step ahead as far as speed, and that's one thing he showed with Lombard, and he even said, and he looked it though in that fight is. The way that Johnny Hendricks was moving was that he could make up for that size discrepancy in gas tank with movement against Bosch. It's just staying away from him because that size is going to play such a big role in it. Mark my words that Johnny Hendricks is going to say after the fight, Bosch is a huge fucking man. Like, you guys don't understand how big this fucking guy is. Yeah, he's an aware on He's a big fucking guy. Um, It's going to be a really fun fight. I, it's gonna be fireworks either way. Bosch has and Bosch is a tall guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not little he's in not any small way, shape, or form. All. And, and he's in good shape. He has a little bit of a gut, but his he's gas in. tank is, is 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 one thing that definitely. Which it's not. Johnny that's Hendrick. not Johnny Hendricks' strength, though. He could wrestle him though, but that's why I got the decision. But that, yeah, I'm excited for that fight. The more I look at that fight, like uh, there was, I was wasn't as excited for it, but that. The Hendricks-Bosch fight is interesting, for sure. So, moving on to the main event, finally made it, we have Michael, Mama's Boy, Kiesa versus Kevin Lee, the Woodstock reject. Did you see that horrible dress that Kevin Lee was wearing? <laughs> the, the Kevin <laughs> Lee, hashtag corny. That's right, all we, I, we can, are, yeah. I cannot think anything. I think he's Kevin. such a cornball. I think he's such a wannabe. I think... I'm calling you out, Kevin Lee. <laughs> Kenny, but he's the type of total dick chode that would, like, take offense to some, like... <laughs> He doesn't get the joke. He doesn't get it. And he, I don't know. He's trying too fucking hard. He's doing a lot of airtime with MMA Junkie and Ariel. And he's making a real push to keep himself in the game. There's a couple of these fighters. Big Rig's doing it. Um, but these fighters are calling in even when they have don't have a fight coming up. Because they're starting to realize the more people listen to me and follow my Twitter, the more money I'm making in the bank. The more sponsors want to pick me up. This all matters. Kevin Lee is doing that. And... They didn't get fined for that little scuffle they had on the the ring. And 
there is a now a level of interest that's there because of the prior brawl, and it feels like it's a real. Um, we I don't care if they pay me or not. I'm gonna fucking fight you, Kevin Lee. Like this is a fight that would happen regardless if the cameras are there or not. And that's what really makes me excited because you know these guys are gonna give it their all. Mike Kiesa though doesn't ever have trouble bringing it. Multiple fight of the night winner. Um, Michael Kies has been on the show. He's only lost to the top echelon of fighters. I mean, his last loss is to Joe Lozon, and that was a cut. It wasn't that he lost that. It was they were both throwing elbows standing at each other. And do you remember Kies had a... Yeah, gnarly. Super and, gnarly. Yeah. But there's been other fights that they would have let go on for a little while with that cut. They would have put some schmutz in it and then carried... If it was a Connor cut like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, with Kiesa, I've been on the Kiesa bandwagon for a long, long time. As much as I've been on the Kevin Lee. I think these are both up-and-coming stars. I think that this is totally a great main event. Interesting all the way around. Kevin Lee has great wrestling credentials. That's what he came in with was wrestling. Um, Kiesa also came out of the Washington wrestling scene. Kiesa has turned more into a submission specialist by being incredibly creative and uh, tenacious on the ground, where Kevin Lee has used his wrestling to get more of the ground and pound position, and he's more of the power brute force. Kiesa can meet people with brute force, but he has more um, crafty ways of getting guys out of there in the submissions and elbows. Kiesa loves to use his elbows. Um, he cuts every single fight he's in. He cuts his opponent. Kevin Lee is, though, a cyborg. I mean, he is a very athletic fighter. His gas tank was one of his biggest things, and he's really gotten that under control. Michael Chiesa's always had a great gas tank. Um, this fight can go everywhere. The one-stoppable, the knockout, sure knockout power I give to Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee can land a knee or an overhand right or a straight punch that can knock Michael Chiesa clear out. With that, Michael Chiesa can submit and knock out um, Kevin Lee, but it would be more like elbows from the ground or inside the clinch. It wouldn't be a standing strike where Kevin Lee can jump into a position and finish you, um, where Lee kind of, or Chiesa drags you down, gets you somewhere, and then elbows you into submission and or submission. So I give the more outs to Chiesa. I feel like there's more avenues for him to win. But he has to be careful in there. Lee does pack uh, power in his punches. And he's beat... Kevin Lee has beat some really young up-and-coming guys. Trinaldo, he showed a lot of adversity. Um, the Russian Maria Stev, he showed his wrestling was up to par. Jake Matthews was a big win for him. Um, his last loss being to Santos with a TKO. I think that one was short. That was a weird stoppage. I don't think he was really out. But he also moved up from weight to that. I think he was at 145 at the time. Now at 55. Um, again, I give the more avenues to Kiesa. I think that even if Lee does hurt Kiesa and it goes to the ground, Kiesa's going to end up locking something up on the ground. And I give it a submission round three. Michael Kiesa, this is going to be a barn burner though. This is really close to call. I could switch to Lee any other day, but I am leaning Kiesa off the, off the top. I am Kiesa submission round two right now. I really don't think I'll lean toward Lee at all in this. I like uh, Kiesa's rubber guard. Kiesa isn't chinny. So, like, all Lee's strengths, 
if if Lee were to get on top, Kiesa has a killer rubber guard, and yeah. he's an extra long guy. He doesn't have a super long reach, but he has a super long torso, really long legs. I just think that um, he has more skill set. I think he's underranked for the division. I really like Michael Kiesa. I feel like he's fought great caliber fighters. Oh, yeah. um, I think he's smart in there. I think... Kevin Lee, the weird part is for Kiesa with me, the only thing I think Kevin Lee has is he made Kiesa emotional about this fight. And I've always liked Kiesa's headspace in his fights. He just has this very zen thing uh-huh. that somehow I feel like Lee broke. And leading up to this at the weigh-ins on how emotional Kiesa gets if he gets handsy or something I that could be the thing that changes me to Lee like Lee got in his head and he wants to play these kind of head games before and he's this kind of fighter and it might take all this corniness that I say and be like oh okay this is the type of fighter you're trying like you're trying to make the whole entire thing leading up to it which is a kind of Conor McGregor style which would be the only thing I'd be like okay I could see how people would compare you to Conor McGregor if this is your style leading up to the fight and playing head games um I just think Kiesa really wins everywhere I think he has the power I think he even has power over Lee I think Lee is explosive but I think Michael Kiesa is so underrated there I think he has knockout power. He's gangly. He just looks like a stick Yeah, man. it's the same. Like, yeah, you're surprised. Wiry. Yeah, he's, he's wiry. wiry as hell. Um, and actually, right now, um, via the odds, we're actually going with the underdog at a plus 105. But these lines have been, it's been like minus 115 Kiesa last couple days because this is the main event. The odds come out a bit earlier. But um, I'm really surprised. I would think that we were on the page of, on topology, Kiesa is a decided favorite out of 355 votes right now. but uh, With a submission finish being very decided favorite of everything right. you could vote for. Because there is a level... That's where I think Lee's in trouble. <coughs> yeah. I think Lee's ego it, in the octagon, he cannot think he can outmaneuver Kiesa on the ground. That will be his biggest danger zone to get in. That's what does. It, it, I... If he stay, if Lee keeps it striking, it becomes very dangerous. But Lee yes, is a I submission agree. artist as well, so it's going to give him this idea about going to the ground with Kiesa. But I, Lee, oh, this is a trickier fight because I is. think Lee does have so much strength in how he jumps into his submissions that could be dangerous for a guy like Kiesa, where I could see him pissed getting a quick submission off if it gets you it gets you it doesn't so matter I, how yeah like i feel like lee could get one in the first round yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's that quick fast submission but i don't know if their egos this fight has become I so mean, emotional lee is not a chump by any means whatsoever this is definitely a main event worthy of a fight because these both it doesn't go five men. rounds that's my prediction <laughs> this fight does I mean, not go I, five this rounds this is one of the fights that i wanted to go long because both of these guys have such good credentials it only shows it's gonna it. be so fast it's I gonna mean, be such a great fight it's a fast-paced fight this is an underrated fight altogether yeah I well totally it's the main agree. event um i've been really excited for this just because i've been such a kiesa bandwagoner i've i, really I don't think like i've him. ever picked against him but with that i've been a big kevin lee band i had him against dos santo or against multiple guys and he's come through on me um because he does want to get in there and fight but i the headspace is something that we need to be careful both with. guys have good cardio yeah both guys I'd have say good ground though, i would say kiesa has notoriously had better cardio than kevin lee 
Kevin Lee's come around where Kiesa never had to come around. Five rounds, too. I, exactly. And he's a muscular guy, so he can tend to gas a bit, bit more. But that plays to the submission role for Kiesa that much more for me. Um, what a fun, fun weekend of fights. Fun weekend of fights. It's going to be from Oklahoma on Sunday starting at 9. You're going to be able to see these on Fox. It's not going to be main Fox, or is it going to turn into... Um, One of those where you have to switch around from Fight Pass to Fox to all those. Live and... Oh, it's Fox Sports and on Fight Pass. So that's how we're going to watch it. And the main card starts at 9 p.m. So it's going to be a fun Monday. Woohoo! It's a Monday night? <laughs> no, it'll be a Sunday night, but it'll run to like midnight Sunday. That's gonna... awesome! Exactly, exactly. But... It is definitely uh, sneaky. There's good bets coming all the way around. We have how many underdogs did we go earlier? We I had feel like, like four, five. Four or five underdogs? I might have five. You had four. Or... Yeah, close to that. But, but no, have... I think Kiesa, too, I, our... if he's an underdog right now. He is an underdog. Who's our Leslie Smith hmm. pick of the week right now? We're both, I believe, going with Stansberry, Morose, and who Gosh, I almost one? feel like the underdog... Would have to be Kiesa if he's the legit underdog. underdog right now. And I know yeah. I'm going to put him on my card. I'm going to put him everywhere. I was going to put Kiesa on a lot because it's a five round fight. He has a high pace and he has a likeliness to finish because when he's dry, good for submissions or not because he has a good gas tank. So I was going to use him on my DK. I was also going to probably end up throwing Bosch on a couple DKs just because if he does win, it's a finish. If I, Bosch wins, yeah, it's a finish. I like Bosch. Um, but I don't have, I have, uh... Stansberry is a weird one for both of us that I'm going to have him on a lot. I think Stansberry so, is the lesser known guy. It's weird when we it's pick the, a, the main event and it, give them the Leslie Smith Yeah, underdog the underdogs pick. should be guys Because that I even believe about. by the time uh, Kiesa and Lee, by the time lines open on DK, Kiesa could be favorited. And if they're that close on DK, they'll be the 8-1-8-1. Yeah, they will be. Because they tend to give that to the main event. So I think we pick Stansberry. I like Stansberry. I Stansberry think is our Leslie dog under some... I'll pick a put him on most things. I like yeah. Dennis Seaver. If he's I thought Dennis Seaver is a good pick, too. I think that's a good pick. Jeez, he could get I feel like this card could be our Leslie Smith underdog card. <laughs> card because, of the year. Yeah, where I, we could actually put one together if we end up doing another cast this week uh-huh. of all underdogs. And that actually could be the card. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely... It's been a rough couple uh, DK cards to make because they've been overpriced. But this one, I feel like no matter what, these fights are close enough. Um, you're definitely heard it here first. Yeah, we're definitely... If you think we didn't, if you're somebody tuning in for the first time, because there's going to be a lot of fans out there just looking for Connor Floyd, Connor Floyd, Connor Floyd, and think we didn't talk about it enough this time... There's like eight or nine weeks to go. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. It'll yeah, come yeah. up so much that for regular fight fans and for regular followers or regular MMA, they will be like, oh, I would just want to fast forward past the Connor and Floyd stuff. Exactly. What else can be said? They've it's... heard it everywhere. What else can be said? I have already. I don't think we really rung it out here today, but 
we did personally with ourselves. We didn't get into all the things we talked about uh, last night about the Connor Floyd stuff uh-huh. today, but there's so much time, people. There is so, so, so much time. And I've been looking at tape because I want to give it an objective look of like why I believe the way I believe. So that way I'm able to tell you guys and not just be like, oh, I'm some jackass who doesn't know shit. No, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be like, okay, these are the real intangibles because that's the way you make money in some of these situations. Yeah. Um, and it makes it funner all the way around. But I've been watching tape already. I mean, what else am I going to do? This is what I do. I do this for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully soon on YouTube and you guys can watch. Maybe we can figure out some um, live shows occasionally. Uh, probably not right away, but that'll be the next step. And yeah, that's it. Follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean, and for all things Lesbo and the Bean, lesboandthebean.com. Lesbo and the Bean!